Democratic base is very dialed into abortion rights as an issue Ooh, more broadly. Uh, same-sex marriage rights. Who's the state's last abortion provider? Has now apologized to his congregation. They believe the Bible has application for every part of our lives. It would violate her views as a Southern Baptist. He's on camera saying that Bill Barr was a great attorney general. In the midst of all of today's noise and confusion, we need a voice that cuts through the chaos to bring wisdom and clarity. Welcome to The Roy's Report with Julie Roy's, an hour-long show exploring critical issues related to faith and culture from a uniquely Christian perspective. Now, here's your host, Julie Roy's. Welcome to The Roy's Report, brought to you in part by Judson University. I'm Julie Roy's, and what we're going to be discussing today sounds like something right out of the dystopian novel 1984. In that novel, the Ministry of Truth controls society by controlling all the information, news, entertainment, and I'm sure if George Orwell could have foreseen it, the Internet as well. In 1984, citizens learn only what the ruling party wants them to learn, and they're shielded from facts that might cause them to question the party line. Well, my guest today says that's precisely what's happening right now in the United States. All the big tech companies like Google, Facebook, YouTube, and Pinterest are censoring pro-life and Christian content. These companies say they're a neutral platform, but they're not. They're more like publishers with a decidedly liberal and anti-Christian bias. My guest knows this because he used to work for one of those companies, that is, until very recently, when he blew the whistle on his employer and subsequently got fired. His name is Eric Cochran, and until a couple weeks ago, he worked as an engineer for Pinterest. But then Eric, offended by what his employer was doing, leaked internal documents to Project Veritas, and soon after, he was fired. So, Eric, welcome. I'm so glad you could join me. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Well, uh, you know what? You're kind of a hero for what you did. And so um, I, I feel really honored that I can get you on this show and, and talk to you a little bit about what happened uh, with Pinterest, but not just Pinterest. From what I understand, it's, it's going on at a lot of tech companies. But Eric, why don't you just bring us up to speed for some people who are hearing this for the very first time. Um, what did you experience? What did you see at Pinterest that made you say, this is wrong, this is un-American, and uh, it's kind of anti-Christian. Yeah, un-American is definitely right, as we're seeing the normalization of censorship uh, throughout big tech. So I was a software engineer at Pinterest, actually worked on the Android app, and, um, and I was hearing more and more about misinformation efforts and conspiracy theories that we needed to suppress as a growing and, and uh, like $13 billion tech company. And, uh, and I kind of knew what that meant. I knew that, that they weren't being forthright, that uh, they would just use examples of genuine misinformation to cover up for suppression of things that are just mainstream American values, uh, like Bible verses and Christian Easter and pro-life views. And uh, when I heard more about Facebook doing this, in fact, I saw a Project Veritas expose on Facebook de-boosting mm-hmm. conservative content, I started to look into what Pinterest, my employer, was doing, and I was seeing that they were suppressing these these Christian terms. They would prevent it 
prevent uh, Christian pins, which are just Pinterest posts, uh, from showing up near any advertisements as we were increasing our, our advertisement pins. And they would block Christian terms from the autocomplete search feature, and they would not recommend um, uh, uh, Bible verses and um, and these other terms and like things about like Ben Shapiro, the conservative commentator. Mm-hmm. They would remove him from recommendations. And I knew that that was newsworthy content. I knew that the public had a right to know. And then when I looked even further, it got actually much, much worse as uh, conservative um, uh, websites were put under this porn domain block list to prevent the, per, to prevent people from ever posting, ever linking to websites like PJ Media Zero Hedge, and then ultimately LiveAction.org, one of the nation's largest pro-life, uh, one of the nation's largest pro-life organizations, and so that users of Pinterest couldn't link to uh, Live Action, and because it was placed on this porn block list a very covert censorship. In fact, if you tried to link, if you tried to make a pin that linked to live action, you'd get this weird error that was like, oops, something's not right. And so you'd think like, oh, maybe it was just a network error. Maybe it's a bug. Maybe it's just a Pinterest bug. But then I had the actual proof then in my hands of why this was happening from the back end of Pinterest, why this was secretly being censored. And I knew the public had a right to know. I know that, the, that I knew that there had to be some transparency here. So I took these documents to Project Veritas, and Project Veritas then published an expose uh, exposing this this very covert censorship going on. And the thing is, like we know that this isn't just Pinterest. We know that this is throughout big tech. This is Twitter. This is Facebook. This is Google. In fact, just a couple weeks ago, Project Veritas did another expose on Google from another tech insider. And the thing is, like, this is, this is the moment where the tech companies can all get together. They can then point to Pinterest censorship and they can say, oh, look, Pinterest already declared live action as misinformation or, or porn or anything else. Then we should also declare it that. And so we're really going to see this heavy, heavy censorship going on in big tech ramp up. Well, this is like, I mean, this is kind of scary. I, I, I likened it to 1984 and, and this whole ministry of truth and, you know, big government, but this is more like big tech. Um, but this is really scary. I mean, we're, we're moving towards a society where we have a few elites, right, who are determining mm-hmm. for the rest of us. I, I mean, what, it, it kind of makes me laugh that, that they labeled live action porn. I mean, it abortion is horrific and uh yeah but pornography no it's not pornography although if it were pornography real pornography that seems to be just fine on the internet that seems to get everywhere um but but censoring these sorts of again pro-life uh conservative christian bible verses i mean who are these people that are that are running these companies why are they why are they so against the things that are so near and dear to many of our hearts, which is God's word in the life of, of the unborn? Why are they so against it? Well, you see, a lot of people, the vast majority of people in big tech, in Silicon Valley, I worked in San Francisco, and the vast majority of people really believe that they are the ministers of truth. They really mm-hmm. believe that there are people 
in mainstream America who just don't really know what's going on. And, you know, they voted for the president because they were just deceived by misinformation and that the, uh, and that like Christian voices are just, they're, they're just not as enlightened as they are. And they're, they're not as authoritative as their sources. So they point to mainstream sources. They point to establishment sources Mm -hmm. as the verifiable trusted sources that then they can uh, use to justify their views. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of people really just believe uh, the people who are implementing these things just believe that they're doing what's best for their users because their users just don't, they just don't have the intellect to, uh, to learn for <laughs> the themselves. The rest of us need their help, right? I mean, yes. yeah, and, and thank God we have them looking out for us. It's big brother and big <laughs> sister, right, taking care of us, and they know best. It's, it's amazing to me how, how unbelievably arrogant these people are. But you, when you first went forward, when you went to Project Veritas, that first video, you're, you've got your, your voice masked, and I'm guessing you thought maybe you could do this anonymously without getting outed, but you did somehow. I mean, how did that happen, and how did you end up getting fired? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I did, I did come forward anonymously um, because, you know, the, the story is not about me, and, uh, and the story is about what tech is actually doing in the dark. And um, so I came forward anonymously, but I knew there were risks, of course, because I was getting a lot of the proof from the back end of mm. Pinterest of what was going on. So I knew there were always risks. I, I don't know for certain how they discovered it was me. It's very possible big tech companies have logs of, of what documentation was accessed from within at what times. Mm. Um, and so I, I definitely knew there were risks, and you know, and then uh, after the story was was published, um, you know, I went into work, and and the thing was like I was mentally prepared for whatever, uh, you know, absolutely like I was dedicated to this. Whatever happened to me didn't matter because then the story was public; people knew, and then I knew that Pinterest would then have to respond in one way or another, and uh, so I did. I did. Um, uh, well, actually, that morning after the Project Veritas expose came out, uh, Pinterest initially then removed live action from the secret porn block list and uh, and thought that they could probably just quietly get away with it and just be mm-hmm. like, oh, it was an error. But then after the story became really big that morning, um, then they actually doubled down. They then uh, banned live action's account on Pinterest. And okay, told hold them that thought, that Eric. Hold that thought. We're going to get to the rest of this story of how Eric got banned uh, or how he got fired uh, after he blew the whistle on Pinterest. But we need to go to break again. You're listening to The Roy's Report with me, Eric Cochran, the Pinterest whistleblower. And we'll be right back after a short break. We now return to The Roy's Report. Here's your host, Julie Roy's. Well, Facebook, Pinterest, and Twitter claim to be neutral platforms, but are they? Welcome back to The Roy's Report. I'm Julie Roy's, and today I'm talking with Eric Cochran, the Pinterest whistleblower who says these big tech companies are not neutral. They're liberal and anti-Christian, and they're not really platforms. They're more like publishers pushing a leftist agenda. Today's program is recorded, so I can't take your calls. However, you still can join the live conversation, I hope, on Twitter. 
That is, unless they shut us down or censor us today. But let's hope they don't. We'll see. Uh, my handle is at Reach Julie Royce, and Royce is spelled R-O-Y-S. You can also chime in on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash Julie Royce. So, Eric, right before the break, you were you were telling us the story of how you actually got fired. Because, again, you initially leaked uh, some internal documents and went to Project Veritas. They interviewed you, but they did it masking your voice and your face. Um, and then they published it, and somehow Pinterest found out. Uh, but interestingly, you're saying at first, when Pinterest found out that you'd blown the whistle, one of the things that you said is that uh, it was censoring live action, a large, one of the largest pro-life groups in America, censoring all of their speech, actually labeling live action as a porn site uh, so that people couldn't actually link to it and get to that site from Pinterest. Um, but when they did that, uh, initially, they took that, that porn designation off of live action when they started getting the heat. Then what happened? Yeah, so they initially thought that the story would blow over, and they they took it off this porn block list. And by the way, we know it wasn't an accident, in case anybody would think it would be an accident that live action was on this porn block list, because actually one of the things that even made me realize that live action was on this porn block list was an internal message from some of the people who added it to the porn block list, where they specifically say they think it should remain on this list. Hmm. So um, it wasn't an accident. So then this, the, after the, the Project Veritas expose came out, they actually then re-added Pinterest back onto the porn block list with the title Misinformation. You mean and live they action? Banned li- yeah, you live said, action. Yeah. Okay. And, and, um, and, then they, they, uh, uh, and then Pinterest then banned live action's uh, account, Pinterest account as well. Um, and they sent them an email saying that we don't allow misinformation or conspiracy theories that put people uh, at risk uh, onto the site. So the, the interesting thing here is that at least they had to say this publicly. Then they had to take a stance on what they thought about pro-life content. Hmm. So Pinterest then is specifically saying they think that live actions content is misinformation and conspiracy theories. And um, so, you know, now they're not doing it in secret. Now everybody knows their stance. Wow. Oh, and then, um, and then for me, so this was Tuesday morning after, after the expose came out. Um, I, I'm seeing all this from the back end. And um, then I go in and uh, sit at my desk and, um, you know, have my breakfast. Everything seems fine. And um, then I noticed that, like, my internal email and uh, Pinterest accounts um, that I use for coding uh, aren't syncing, um, aren't working. And I know that then this is probably the end of my work at Pinterest. And, uh, and then I just kind of sit and quietly wait for maybe, like, HR or somebody to come find me. But uh, then after, like, 15 minutes or so, three security guards come up and say, are you Eric? And I'm like, yeah, that's me. And they're like, we're going to take you out of the building, you know, give us your, your badge and laptop. And I give it to them. And then, uh, and then they, they escort me out the building. And, um, that was the end of my work at Pinterest. Wow. And, and you remember those things like they're yesterday, don't you? Uh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing is like, you know, leaving in front of like all my coworkers that, you know, I, I programmed with for two years and work, was like in the middle of projects with, you know, uh, but, 
um, I, you know, do it all again because like, this is the thing that matters and this is the moment that matters for sure. Well, and I love that you say that. And we have something in common because I blew the whistle. Uh, it was actually on my employer, the Moody Bible Institute at the time, uh, because of some wrongdoing, wrong uh, doing that was going on there. Uh, I happened to be uh, on a flight at that time. I was actually writing a second piece uh, on my computer, I had internet, and just when I crossed over into international waters where I lost internet, that's apparently when they sent me an email firing me, which is interesting because had that email come not come before I had been off the internet, um, they could have seized my computer. Um, <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but because it happened when we had just lost internet, right? Um, I'm actually on my way to, to Mexico. We actually land the plane. I, I open my phone, and there's that email saying I'd been fired. And I'm like, oh, wow. Um, glad that didn't happen like an hour and a half ago when I was on the internet. Uh, but it enabled me to, to uh, actually go home and or actually go to the condo where we were staying and, and work with my computer to make sure that didn't happen. But Again, those are things that are so vivid, and when you cross that line, it's, it's just a, a watershed moment. And I wanna, I'm just going to table that because I want to talk about this whole thing of whistleblowing because I think that is a really important conversation. But I want to sort of unpack a little bit more about what's going on at these big tech companies and, and what it looks like. So um, walk us through a little bit, too. You said, like, you heard that it was happening on Facebook. Um, there was a Google whistleblower that just came out. I don't know if he was emboldened by what you did, um, but there's just, it seems like thing after thing after thing showing that there's censorship going on at these companies. How exactly, you know, you're an engineer and, and don't make it too technical or you'll completely lose <laughs> me and half our audience, probably more than half. Um, but how do, how do big tech companies actually censor uh, speech? I mean, one, as you said, with live action is just saying, well, that's that's pornography and labeling it that way. But there's other ways using algorithms and things, right? Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, without like going technically, um, so sometimes, it, I mean, it'll definitely vary by company by uh, company by company, but I can speak to like what Pinterest was doing specifically was like there were terms like about uh, ben Shapiro and about like Christians and um, and these were terms that then were like put into our back end the uh, the things that like your your web browser accesses when you go to Pinterest.com mm -hmm. and then they affect things they they basically filter out content when when you search for content mm. it'll see that this is designated some types of content like they like match certain patterns of words uh will then be filtered out of your feed or when uh when pinterest goes to like send recommendations to you or like send you an email or or give your phone notifications it'll see that like some of the content that you like that would normally be sent to you uh, matches up with some content that's designated as unsafe. Um, mm. Terms like, you know, Christian Easter and, and Ben Shapiro Muslim <laughs> or any of that. I mean, that's, What's just, that? that's shocking. Christian Easter yeah. is unsafe. We need to be protected from Christian Easter. God help us. You, you know, and that's one of the fun, funny things, too, is like, to me, yeah. like, even a few months ago, I kind of thought like, oh, that kind of makes sense. Or like, oh, that's kind of normal. And then like, 
And then it hit me at some point, like when, when I was looking into this and I was like, no, that's not normal. That is newsworthy. People need to know about that. That is, that's not okay. That's weird. Absolutely. Um, and, and tell us, though, too, what you're saying initially, then you blow the whistle and, and this is all outed and you had internal documents. That's what I love. I mean, you basically you brought their mail into Project Veritas to publish. I mean, so all these people saying this is a conspiracy theory. Now you've got the documents, you've got the evidence. I mean, you can't really say this is a conspiracy theory when you've got it in your hands. But initially they took live action off the porn list, but then they put it back on, right? Yes. Yeah. They put it back and on. And I think, well, and, and I think the, the only reason they took it off initially, my, my supposition here is that they were really hoping this would blow over, that they could just do away with it, like th- that nobody would be mad about this. And then when the story got really big about what they were really thinking from inside, then, then they had no choice but to double down. They, they, they had to, because, you see, if, if Pinterest or any other tech company were then to say that they don't think, that, or they do think that live action should be allowed on the platform, then they would get all of their establishment friends in the abortion lobby and in the media to then criticize them for allowing live action on. So if they had never done anything, then both sides would have been kind of, you know, the pro-life side and the pro-choice side would have been just, uh, you know, it even, and they wouldn't really have targeted Pinterest either way. Mm. But then they were faced with a choice and they definitely didn't want to tick off their establishment buddies in the abortion lobby uh, by allowing live action at that point. So they doubled down and they were, they were then willing to say that they believe that, that uh, live action was, was misinformation and conspiracy theories. Well, and but then they took also, off, Eric, real quick, we, we just hmm? have like 30 seconds, but then they also took down the Project Veritas videos, right? And YouTube, YouTube took them off and those got taken off so that nobody yeah. would know about the, the whole controversy, right? Exactly, and this is what got really huge. Then, All right, table, see table that, that thought. <laughs> We've got to go to break. But when we come back, we'll talk more about that, the censorship that's going on at all these big tech companies. You think they're neutral platforms. They're not. Again, you're listening to The Roy's Report. I'm Julie Royce. I'll be right back with Eric Cochran after a short break. Former U.S. Ambassador Caroline Kennedy is coming to the Chicago area this October for a special conversation at Judson University's 2019 World Leaders Forum. Learn how Kennedy, a diplomat, an author, and the eldest child of President John F. Kennedy, carries on her father's legacy of public service at this unique opportunity for the Chicagoland community. Get your tickets today for this lively conversation hosted by nationally syndicated radio host and commentator Eric Metaxas. The World Leaders Forum brings recognized world leaders to the region each year to inspire leadership for all who attend. Many great thinkers and leaders have keynoted this prominent event. You won't want to miss Caroline Kennedy this fall. Judson University's 2019 World Leaders Forum is October 8th, 7 p.m. at the Renaissance Schomburg Convention Center. Tickets start at $75 and are available now at judsonu.edu slash WLF. Once again, tickets available now at judsonu.edu slash WLF. Now, more of the Roy's Report. Once again, here's Julie Roy's. Are Google, Facebook, Pinterest, and Twitter neutral platforms, or are they a highly biased political machine? Welcome back to The Roy's Report, brought to you in part by Judson University. I'm Julie Roy's, and today I'm talking with Eric Cochran, the so-called Pinterest whistleblower. 
couple weeks ago, Eric leaked documents showing that Pinterest was censoring the pro-life uh, group Live Action. Soon after, he was fired from Pinterest, but perhaps emboldened by Eric, now another whistleblower has come forward saying Google is censoring conservative viewpoints there. It's all these big tech companies. Of course, this is really scary, isn't it? I mean, so much of America, so many many of us get our news, our, and it helps us form our opinions and what we think about based on what we read online. And if Google has a liberal and anti-Christian bias, and America may develop these same biases reading these sources by going to Facebook, by going to Twitter, by going to um, Pinterest, they're going to form what they think about things based on the information. And we have these curators of the information, these elites at these big tech companies. And again, Eric Cochran joining me, this uh, Pinterest whistleblower. Eric, this is a fascinating discussion. I'm enjoying it so much. So uh, thanks again for, for joining me. Um, when we went to break, we were talking a little bit about um, the response of Pinterest. I mean, basically, there, you pulled the curtain back. You showed exactly what they were doing. You showed how they were um, labeling pro-life group live action as a as a porn site. They initially take it down, then they put it back up, um, but then they take it down again, right? I mean, this is just ridiculousness. And then the videos that Project Veritas had made exposing what's going on, the big tech companies, and again, this shows the collusion, doesn't it? All the other big tech companies, YouTube, Start, you know, took that that video down. It couldn't exactly. getting that yeah. getting that word out was really tough. Yeah, uh, collusion is exactly the right word here because uh, we saw that YouTube removed the video. Um, Project Veritas's Twitter account was temporarily suspended during this. Mm-hmm. Vimeo removed Project Veritas's account so that Project Veritas couldn't distribute videos um, via Vimeo. And, um, and Reddit actually banned the Project Veritas account. And so we're seeing all these massive tech companies then conspire to suppress these stories, especially as more and more tech insiders come out. And this really shows you that it's not just one single company. These companies are talking to each other, and they know how to perform group boycotts, and they, know, and they have the ability and they are using it hmm. to suppress content that makes them look bad. And they're all establishment buddies who are helping each other out. And one of the things that really gets them here is, one, the abortion issue, because they know that that's the hot topic right now. And having live action banned is a really big button right now hmm. that's been pushed. And Uh, And they want to protect their abortion friends in in the abortion lobby. And then the other thing is that these stories with more and more insiders have have the firm proof because lots of conservatives and Christians and pro-lifers and other anti-establishment people in the culture right now and outside of Silicon Valley have been saying, hey, like, I'm seeing a lot of stuff go wrong. Like, my, my content doesn't get a lot of the views it used to. Like, what's going on? And, and then it's been like, oh, well, it's a fluke or, oh, it's a bug. Right. But then now, it, as seen in this Pinterest story from the documents that I leaked, and now in more of the insider stories that Project Veritas is coming out with, you're seeing the actual proof, the hard proof from the back end that the tech companies are not denying um, with, with the actual reasons why this content is being censored and how it's being censored on the back end from these tech companies. 
Well, and when you're a conservative Christian, you sit there and you say, is this just me? Am I making this up? I mean, really, what's happening? Because I've been actually audited twice by the IRS, came out just about wow. the same time. And, and I'm just a tiny operation, right? I'm not dealing with millions of dollars. I'm dealing with very small amounts of money, right? <laughs> I've been audited twice, twice by the government. It's unbelievable. Um, Facebook, I can't boost anything on Facebook right now. And, and granted, there was a little bit of confusion because somebody had given me their credit card to boost um, a story that they really wanted boosted. And then they forgot about it. And so there was, you know, this thing with their bank or whatever. But we got it all figured out. I, I sent them the documents from the bank. It's all been paid. Facebook still says, oh, they're, they're confused. I, they can't boost anything for me anymore. And I'm just like, again, you, you sit there and you wonder, is it, is it me? Is it me? Or am I being censored because I happen to be a conservative Christian? And you're telling me it's not just me. And, and I, I love that the, there's been more people coming out, too, that I, we mentioned this Google insider who recently came out. I want to play a clip from him where he talks a little bit about this idea of fairness and how Google, what he's saying is that uh, Google is actually using artificial intelligence to impose its idea of fairness on the, on the public. And then Pro- Project Veritas secretly recorded some Google executives, Jen Janae talking about imposing the so-called fairness by manipulating algorithms and different things. But this is this is the actual interview with uh, the whistleblower and O'Keefe talking about this idea of fairness. I want to play it. And then, Eric, I want your uh, response to it. Fairness is a dog whistle. It does not mean what you think that it means. And you have to apply double think in order to understand what they're really saying. And what they're really saying about fairness is that they have to manipulate their search results so that it gives them their political agenda that they want. And so they have to rebias their algorithms so that they can, uh, they can get their agenda across. You know, to unpack everything that she's saying, saying that she wants to be, she wants the algorithm to be fair to a, a, a hand-picked representative of that community means that what she's trying to do is she's trying to sell you a product that is not objectionable. What she's trying to do is she's trying to sell a product that's not objective, that doesn't represent the will of its users, but instead represents the will of a, of a, of a group of people making decisions behind the shadows. Mm, again, that's the Google whistleblower. And Eric, we just have about a minute, but fairness? What, what, what do these elites mean when they talk about fairness? Yeah, I mean, they really, they really believe, a lot of them really believe that it's not fair that, say, Donald Trump won the election. That, that's just, it's just not fair that people, you know, in their mind, were duped by misinformation. So they have to bias the information that people are seeing in order to get the fair, uh, in their minds, the fair outcome that they want. What they really want is the equality of outcome. And they, they don't, they don't, the, the fact is these tech giants aren't trustworthy sources of information because they are biasing the results in order to get the quote unquote fair results that they want you to see. Okay. We are talking a lot about the problem When we come back from break, which we have to take a break right now, but when we come back from break, I want to talk a little bit about the solution and how maybe you and I can be a part of the solution, just like Eric was a part of the solution. Again, you're listening to The Roy's Report. I'm Julie Roy's. Joining me today, Eric Cochran, the so-called Pinterest whistleblower. We'll be right back after a short break. Again, 
The Roy's Report with Julie Roy's Eric Cochran in just a minute. This is the Roy's Report with Julie Roy's. Well, is your conservative or Christian viewpoint being censored on social media? Welcome to the Roy's Report. I'm Julie Roy's, and today I'm discussing censorship among these big tech companies like Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and Google. These companies say that they're providing a neutral platform, but my guest today says that's a farce. These are highly political machines which are leveraging their platform to suppress Christian and conservative viewpoints. Today's broadcast is recorded, so I can't take your calls. However, you can join our live online discussion at facebook.com slash reachjulieroys, and Roy's is spelled R-O-Y-S. Of course, that's dependent on whether or not our discussion is going to get censored or suppressed, hoping it's not. Um, I've had some interesting run-ins with Facebook, as I said uh, in the last segment. Uh, But also, if you'd like to connect with me or read some of the articles I've written, I'd encourage you to go to my website, Julie Roy's, again spelled R-O-Y-S dot com. At my website, there are also past episodes of The Roy's Report, and if you've missed any portion of this broadcast, or you just want to listen again, or maybe you want to share this with some of your friends, I hope you do, the audio will be posted within the next hour. So again, just go to julieroy, spelled R-O-Y-S, dot com. Lastly, I want to let you know that next week, we're going to be talking about immigration super hot issue right now, and there are Christians speaking out both in favor and in opposition to President Trump's policy. We'll take a look at it on both sides of the issue with guests with different perspectives. Uh, I know you're not going to want to miss this program. It's going to be outstanding. So again, I hope you can join us next week here on The Roy's Report. Returning to our topic today, again, joining me is Eric Cochran, the so-called Pinterest whistleblower. And Eric, I want to talk about just whistleblowing in general, because I am so proud of you. You uh, put your job on the line. I'm guessing you were making a nice salary over there at Pinterest. You lost your job. My guess is you're going to be blacklisted by a lot of these big tech companies. They won't want to have anything to do with you. Why was it worth it to you to do what you did and to pay the price? Because at the end of my life, like, the things that matter aren't going to be like how much money I was making or like whatever the comforts of my cushy job was like the things that will matter will be the things that extend beyond me. The, the impact that I had on humanity past myself mm-hmm. and like this, the censorship that's going on and the, the very hidden censorship that's going on that's going to affect politics. It's going to affect in the pro-life issue. It's going to affect, um, you know, literally babies' lives. This is, this is the stuff that really matters. So to me, there was never a choice. Like, I knew that the public had a right to know, and whatever happened to me was just ancillary to the entire, uh, to the entire fact. The other thing is that for me personally, it's like, it's very good to have skin in the game. I think, I think mm. that actually this is a good thing for everybody mm. is like at some point, and especially to fellow activists in the pro-life movement, it's, you have to get skin in the game you, because otherwise you just won't be motivated to take action. And I think this is the watershed moment. This is the time when 
these big establishment companies in the media, in tech, in the government, are all, they all know that Roe v. Wade is going to go the way of the dinosaur and that there's going to be a fierce battle in the states over abortion restrictions, mm-hmm. and they, they have to ramp up censorship right now. And that's why I think it's crucial that tech insiders, media insiders, other insiders that see this suppression going on speak up now before it's really too late. And how much of this, I mean, you, you said, when I, I pass from this earth, obviously you, you have a, a good understanding of what happens. We're, we're all, you know, like it says in Proverbs, like the dew that by the, af- by the noontime is evaporated. I mean, our, our lives don't last forever. We don't last forever. I mean, what's done for eternity matters. Obeying God matters. I mean, how much of this was between you and God doing the right thing? Did you sense yeah, you were on a mission I mean, from God? I mean, kind of thing. <laughs> Not to put it in Blues Brothers terms, but you know. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I'm, a, I'm a Protestant Christian, and I, I really do think that, yeah, like, you know, God put me in this place to do this thing, and I think that's part of why, like, I, you know, there was no hesitation that I, I, I knew this had to be done. And because if I didn't do it, there'd just be this bystander effect. Like, who else was going to do it? I was put in this place for this reason to do this, to let people know about this. And there's, again, like, at the end of the day, like, you know, am I just going to be ashes? Like, and, you know, will I, will I have done what I was, I was put here to do? Yeah. And do you feel like you um, volunteered for this job, or do you feel more like you were drafted? Um, I mean, I guess I ultimately I'm a predestinationist, so I think like everybody's drafted for <laughs> yep. every job. Yep. Um, Cause so that's, I guess how I that's felt. my answer. Yep. That's uh, exactly how I felt. I felt like you, you get in that position. You didn't mean to be in that position, but somehow you're in this position and you know the information and now what are you going to do with it? And, you know, you know what you can do with it and, and you, you took that step. And yet I heard you say in another interview, somebody asked you like, how many Christians are in these big tech companies. How many are there? Just a few or a lot? I mean, a lot. Like, and the fact is, even if it's a small percentage, it's still a lot. I mean, Google employs, what, over 100,000 employees? Wow. You know, and that's just in Google. And so, like, let's just, let's just say, like, extremely conservatively, there's only 10% Christians. Let's say even more, even more conservatively, there's 5% pro-lifers. Maybe 1% of them are pro-lifers who've seen pro-life censorship. Like, that's still a lot of people on the inside. And the thing is, you're put there for a reason. I think everybody has these moments where they're given the opportunity to have a lasting impact on, on history, on humanity. That, and, um, and really the question there is for them, like, are, they going to, are you going to continue living, you know, in, in comfort? I mean, that's really easy. There's a lot of inertia the, the hardest part is getting started is the hardest part is like, re, you know, making contact with, with Project Veritas, just sending an encrypted message and, um, uh, and a secure message. And, but like, you know, or, or, you know, you can, you can uh, go along with everybody else, go with the status quo. And, um, and then again, there'll be this bystander effect. And, 
and it's called you know, cowardice. History, unfortunately, <laughs> will go on. It's called cowardice, but bystander effect is good too. But I mean, there's there's a an epidemic, I think, of cowardice in our country, and we have Christians who are sitting back, allowing these things to happen. If everybody in big tech. If every Christian stood up and said, I'm not going to participate with this, I'm going to call it out, it's wrong, and we're all going to quit our jobs today, what would happen? I, we, we would see the end, we'd, we'd see so much pressure on big tech if that happened. The end of censorship would have to happen overnight because there would be such insane pressure. I mean, as much as the media wants to suppress this story and all of that, if everybody, it, it, even if just a few more insiders came out and said what they've seen and showed us what was going on inside the big tech companies, there would be so much pressure uh, the, the censorship would have to end. And also, we'd, we'd see action from Congress that's been very slow to act and, uh, and is just now getting the ball rolling on saying, hey, these tech companies are not neutral platforms. They're actually publishers, and they need to be treated under law as publishers. Well, and I think we're, we're told in Scripture that in the end, all of our work will be shown for what it is. If, it's, if we built with precious stones then it'll, it'll last, right? But if with haste double and all those things, it'll be burned up. But each person's work will be shown in the end. And it says some of us will, will get to heaven as one exca- escaping the fire, right? I don't want to get there as one escaping the fire. I don't want to be ashamed of what I did in my life the rest of my life. I mean, what a way. I mean, the rest of my eternal life. I mean, this one really doesn't last that long. The next one lasts forever for eternity. I don't want to get there and have regrets. I want to get there and say, you know, I didn't leave anything at the end of the race, right? We used to talk about that in cross country, how you want to cross that line and have nothing left. That's how I want to be at the end. How about you, Eric? Oh, I absolutely agree. I I tell people, yeah, don't have anything left. Like, what are you saving your ammo for? Because this is (laughs) the moment. This is... You know, James O'Keefe, the founder of Project Veritas, he talks, he, he talks about this justice complex. Like, peop, there are a few people in the world the, that have this un, uh, unquenchable desire for justice, and they, they'll enjoy the fight for justice. It really is an adventure, and that's the thing. Like, you know, you, like I, that's part of why, again, there was like no question and no hesitation for me about this is what needs to be done. People need to know because I'm not going to leave this adventure on the, on the table. I, you know, this was, this was the moment to tell people just, and, and the, the, the fight for justice is always worth it. Mm. I want to play another bit from this Google uh, whistleblower on why he decided to be a whistleblower. I don't know if this guy's a believer. I don't know what his background is. We don't know. Um, but I, I love what he has to say. Listen to this. It reminds me a lot of fascism. Like, you know, it's not just about burning books. When videos get pulled off of a platform, that's also a form of censorship. I've been living this for, um, you know, years. And so, you know, it's like, yeah, that's what it is. And for other people, it's shocking. But for me, it's like, this is why I'm coming forward. Hmm. Because it is shocking. People have no idea that it's happening. And they still think that Google is an objective source of information, and it's not. Are you afraid? Um, I am afraid. Um, I was more afraid, but um, I, I had a lot of difficulty with the concept of, uh, you know, my life 
ending because of this, but um, I, I imagine what the other world would look like, and it's not a place that I'd want to live in. Hmm. Wow, powerful words. Did, did you ever fear for your life, Eric? I, I, not really. I don't think, I don't think big tech actually has goon squads. I think maybe, <laughs> maybe big government does. Um, uh, but I mean, in, in a more, in a more, um, uh, in a different, in a more figurative, uh, manner, like definitely, like, I mean, I, I've, I've lost friends and, uh, and you know, my life is in upheaval and everything, but again, it's all part of that adventure and that, and that, uh, justice complex that makes it all worth it. Yeah, I call it the justice meter. Like, <laughs> if you have a justice meter, like for me, if it gets tripped, I'm just like, I, I can't live with that, you know? And it, you can't mm-hmm. sleep at night. You you have to do something. Um, but it costs. It always costs. And it costs you, Eric. And um, I'm just, you know, really pleased that you were willing to do it. We have just a few seconds left, 60 seconds. Um Speak to the person right now who's on the fence, maybe not a big tech company, but maybe they need to speak out about something about their seeing what they're seeing that's wrong. What would you say to them? I'd say the hardest part is taking the first step. And after you take that first step, then so many people have your back 100 percent. I mean, like when I came to Project Veritas, projectveritas.com slash brave and told my story Everybody 100% had my back. James O'Keefe had my back. He made me his mission. And, and I've gotten so much support from, from new friends and from old friends. And, and it's worth he, it, people. It's worth it, right? Oh, man, I wish we had so much more time to talk. But again, that's Eric Cochran, the Pinterest whistleblower. Thank you, Eric, for what you did. Thanks for joining me. And thanks to all of you for listening today. If you missed any part of this, just go. The entire podcast will be posted on my website, julieroy, spelled R-O-Y-S, dot com. Have a great weekend. 